Support for this podcast comes from E6. E6 advances corporate executive recruiting by providing its 90 plus members with proprietary research, tools, training, and the networking they need for a competitive advantage. Members include the likes of BT Group, Philips, Booking.com, Mondelez, American Express, and Walmart. You can find out more at e6.org, and E6 is spelt E-S-I-X. E6 new book, Leadership Recruiting, Strategies, Tactics and Tools for Hiring Organisations, releases on Amazon in December. The book not only shows how great companies recruit great leaders, it reveals the history and best practices of this vital and sometimes secretive function. To get your copy, send your questions on corporate executive recruiting to simon at e6.org and say Matt Alder sent you. The best questions will receive a free copy. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 284 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Since the start of the pandemic, unemployment has risen all over the world at an unprecedented rate. Even if the labour market does bounce back quickly, things are likely to look very different with many industries currently going through an accelerated digital transformation. So what can be done to address the increasingly urgent issue of employability? How should employers be thinking about talent? And are there any lessons that we can learn from previous economic crises? My guest this week is Colin Donnery, director of Churas Nua, Ireland's leading provider of employability services, which has helped over 40,000 people back into the workforce in the last four years. Hi, Colin, and welcome to the podcast. Great to talk to you, Matt. Hope you're well. Absolutely, and an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Um, I've been working in recruitment, uh, employability and and training uh, for over 20 years now. Um, The last 17 of those have been for a cooperative uh, social enterprise called FRS in Ireland, um, set up in 1980. And so this is our 40-year anniversary, a strange year for it, but uh, still we're celebrating uh, nonetheless. Um, FRS is originally set up to, I suppose, support the agriculture sector and workers within it. Um, And uh, since then, we've diversified into, uh, you know, a number of mainstream recruitment, training and uh, employability sectors. We've also um, a tech business. Uh, we've grown to 70 offices and we have over 2,000 employees now um, in, in Ireland. Tell us a little bit more about the employability aspect of, of what you do. Yeah, so in um, following the financial crash of, of 2008, um, it had a profound impact on, on the Irish economy, uh, which as a result of it, it caused a, a housing bubble, our housing bubble to, to collapse collapse, um, which initially, I suppose, on the economic side resulted in, in house prices falling by over 60%. And, um, and 
then unemployment peaking at at 17%. Um, We had mass emigration um, and it was... I suppose a horrendous time for Ireland. We we had uh, the uh, the IMF um, arrived and and basically ran our country for um, for over two years, um, which wasn't as bad actually as 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 it sounds. Um, they they made things happen really on the ground and 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 fixed things from a banking perspective um, and helped us, I suppose, get back um, on the road to uh, recovery. Um, so in um, in 2011, we, we were working in around the employability area, not through our training business, doing sort of training courses to upskill people and retrain them. And um, uh, we, we set up a company called Taurus Nua, which uh, basically means uh, new journey um, in in Celtic and uh, in in 2014 we responded to the uh, I suppose to the unemployment crisis by by setting up that business so um, we opened uh, 40 offices um, hired in uh, just 350 people over over 18 months um, to help the long-term unemployed uh, back into jobs as part of a program the, the government set up called uh, Job Path, which is basically the largest ever employability program um, in Ireland. I obviously want to kind of bring this conversation right up to date and talk about what's happening now and what's happening all over the world. But talk through a little bit more in terms of the details, in terms of sort of tools and, and techniques that you, that you use to help get people back to work sure so uh, so initially initially when we 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 looked at the employability sector i suppose we looked at the uk we partnered with a with a uk charity um called working links uh, initially we set up a joint venture and i suppose we had the on the ground recruitment experience in ireland and and training and that and they had some um i suppose expertise in in the whole sort of helping you know unemployed people back into uh into work um so with them uh we i suppose the first thing we did was we understood we would need to assess people and understand their distance from the labor market so we created a, a what's called a distance travel tool so it's a it's an, a piece of a Assessment technology, which looks at the individual customer, individual unemployed person, and looks at their their distance from the labour market across um, a lot of different areas like skills, uh, confidence, health, mental health, drugs and alcohol, housing issues, childcare issues, um, and and transport. And basically, when each customer comes in, um, they do uh, they take this assessment and it. It shows uh, their distance from the labour market on a on a score of one to ten, and it also shows their, I suppose, adaptability and the types of jobs that they could be eventually moved to or or retrained for. Um, so we've had uh, over one hundred and ten thousand um, people come onto the program. So we we keep them for a year on program. Um, and help them back into a, in, in, into employment. Um, and uh, I suppose to date, we, we, we've helped almost uh, 40,000 uh, people into into real jobs, into into full and mostly full-time jobs and a few uh, part-time sort of uh, positions. Um, so this, this assessment really drives, I suppose, the whole way uh, we work with the individual. And it is really an individual um, assessment. Um, 
And we've seen, I suppose, uh, to date, we, we, we reassess people after, after 13 weeks, uh, 26 weeks, 39 weeks, and when they leave us at 52 weeks if they haven't found a job. And we're able to see regional trends, I suppose, uh, across the country, sectoral trends, you know, challenges around childcare in particular regions where drugs is more, um, uh, I suppose, uh, has a part to play or alcohol. Um, and we're able to obviously give that information at a macro level to inform um, to inform policy um, so that really drives I suppose the initial interaction with the customer and I suppose one of the key things with with you know when when someone's unemployed I think people tend to forget this um, the longer they they go unemployed um, even if they're really good at the job they did and you know confidence tends to um to wane um, particularly and uh, depression and mental health gets affected. So we we see through our programs that just by interacting with the people in that initial stage that their mental health ta- starts to improve um, and we really work on their confidence. So we do that in a one-to-one basis. So we have frontline personal advisors that work with the, um, work with the customers and I suppose just talk them through you know what getting back into work is like where to the types of roles they could focus on and and help them and help them to uh, to do that i suppose one of the things we learned quite early on was initially we were looking at what we would call in the recruitment uh, agency sector a 360 model for this um but we found, I suppose, that it was a really big challenge for an advisor to deal with with a, with a customer's challenges while also trying to find them jobs. So basically what we did was we created what we call our employer services team, which, which sits on top of the business. So uh, goes out to employers, brings in jobs, and basically supports the individuals in the recruitment process. So I suppose that's the advocacy piece, uh, the, the which the employer services team do to do. Uh, the personal advisors do the do the whole guidance um, piece, and we work with over twelve thousand employers. Um, in Ireland, from the largest multinationals uh, uh, through to uh, small and small and medium-sized business, um, but I suppose what we see is uh, there's different challenges with, with with different people, and it you need basically a tailored journey for each of these individuals. Um, I think we we see uh, I suppose the impact that that has in improving confidence, then working on skills, which we do with. We have a tutor uh, tutor team, which is which is in the business. I suppose over thirty over thirty tutors, which we we built over uh, sixty individual courses, uh, which help around skills. Um, and, and confidence, and then routeways which we build for certain sectors of the economy, like construction, healthcare, retail, customer service, IT. So effectively, what we're doing is we're taking information from the labour market, from employers, and building, I suppose, the service we deliver for those individual unemployed customers um, to help them back into work. Coming right up to the current situation, twenty twenty. We, we find ourselves in a in a in a position that that no one could have predicted. Unemployment in in many many countries around the world is 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 going back up to the level that you've described uh, very very quickly. Obviously, you're kind of right at the front line in terms of of what's happening here. What what are, what are you seeing? How is this different from before? What's going on out there at the moment? Okay, so I think like we've never seen. Obviously, look, we've never seen really anything in our 
our lifetimes, like like COVID nineteen, and um, I suppose either really has the labour market. Um, it's initially when we looked at it, we we sort of look back to the I suppose September eleventh in in two thousand and one when when the economy took a real hit really quickly at that point, and uh, it had a huge impact on obviously world economies and and world labour markets. But that was a shortish sort of six month to eight month hiatus, and and. Uh, the economies bounce back really, um, really quickly. Um, what this is definitely different, right? So, and I suppose that's I'm stating um, the the obvious in Ireland. So, uh, just to take the Irish economy, um, so we had reached um, basically zero unemployment, technical zero unemployment, about four point five percent in February this year. Um, now, what we're seeing is uh, youth unemployment has risen to fifty percent unemployment, um, and we're we're technically in, I suppose, uh, around the sort of thirty five percent unemployment rate. Um, the OECD and the Irish government and I suppose various commentators are saying that best case scenario you're looking at probably around 12.5% unemployment, um, mid-range about about 16 and 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 a bad forecast is about about 20%. So, and, I, and I'm just looking at the UK numbers. It's a it's a pretty similar scenario in in, in the UK and and the US. Um, I suppose the difference this time compared to Ireland, like I, I think the world probably has a lot to learn from from Ireland's response to the last um, uh, crash. In that, uh, the key thing, and and I think governments are doing it this time, is 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 putting the infrastructure and financial supports in place to support uh, workers uh, and business is to hire workers so i think initially that's a that's a good thing but the sectors been affected are 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 a lot different to the last time you know so retail and hospitality particularly um have obviously been decimated and i've heard the the uh, reports of uk sort of losing a lot of retail jobs and it's the same in in ireland um and that's a dual thing going on. So obviously, COVID has 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 caused this COVID nineteen, but also I think the move to I suppose digital, um, you know, the Amazons of this world and online purchasing, and uh, has really exacerbated this. And it is debatable whether I suppose those jobs will return. I I, I think we can be probably sure they won't return in the same numbers. But it's really, you know, how deep how deep those uh, those job losses will be, and and what will um, what will return. Um, hospitality has obviously been, you know, um, you know, dramatically uh, affected, and uh, I think uh, the numbers suggest it mightn't be as badly affected as as we come back out into um, into normality. But I think one of the areas that people miss is that these sectors, particularly retail and hospitality, have always I know even for me, I, I, I started off working in, 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 in a pub many, many years ago and, and before I got into my my current career and it helped me through college and as it does for a lot of people. So they create their stepping stone jobs in, in retail and hospitality and they if they're not there for students and, and people who are getting on the first rung of the ladder, it causes a huge um a huge challenge, particularly for uh, those youth unemployment numbers. And 
you know, across Europe, we see it in, in countries like Spain, Portugal, have had stubbornly high youth unemployment and lack of engagement from, I suppose, 18 to 24-year-olds in, in, uh, in the labour market. You said that there's obviously different industries being affected this time round. And it's a strange situation because there are industries that have literally just stopped overnight. As you say, some of this is, is speeding up a digital transformation that was already, that was already potentially happening. There are also other industries that are still looking to, to recruit and, and want to sort of bring great talent and great potential talent into their businesses. How do employers in those industries, how do they need to change their thinking to access some of some of these talent pools that, that are out there that might be traditionally people with backgrounds that they, they they wouldn't have considered employing before? Traditionally in the 80s and 90s and into the early 2000s, uh, most organizations looked at people's CVs and, and really where they had worked previously. And I suppose the, the the great companies we work with in in Ireland look beyond, I suppose, those uh, previous experience and, and look at the inherent sort of, um, I suppose, skills that the these unemployed in individuals have. And um, someone, and, and it comes back to the sort of digitizing of of advocacy and and guidance, which is what we do. And we've been looking at this for a number of years now, and it's actually really challenging for us to, uh, I suppose, digitize that service. But I suppose we're, we're starting to use things like chatbots to, I suppose, make the, the experience better for our customers customers but i think when we when we look at a, a company that comes to us um we usually what will happen is if there's a we'll take a call center job you know um company has a call center job there's three three people who would apply for it you know you've got a person who's in a call center job has applied for it obviously they're the favorite to get the job you've got the uh, the unemployed person who's maybe just been made unemployed from from you know through covid-19 worked in retail and you might have a long term unemployed person who um who uh, is unemployed maybe seven or eight years. The, the challenge for the, the latter two is that as we see, like one of the, the, the issues for employers and for, and I suppose uh, for, for, for those job seekers is that, and we're seeing it already, is job applications have, you know, multiplied dramatically in, in the last couple of months. So employers are starting to put in place, uh, you know, technology, screening technology to, I suppose, try and find the best person for a job. And it, it effectively rules out anyone who doesn't have exactly on what it says on the tin in terms of, skills and experience so i suppose what what we try to do is obviously advocate for for that individual get talking to the employer and and i suppose tap into their hr processes and their hiring processes to um to allow that to um to to happen so i think the really great employers look further than and than the cv and i know you've talked about that in previous shows you know what i mean how we we we, we still see, we still seem to be stuck on this sort of basic you know if you don't if it's not on the cv it, it sort of the cv goes in in the bin so i think the our opinion is that the really great employers move move beyond that and and look at what this person can can bring and and i think it you know from a you know diversity and you know lots of different areas of bringing i suppose different thinking into an organization and different skills like what we find with i suppose with with unemployed people is that um really engaged and looking get back into work they're hungry for work and and i suppose i suppose hungry to make a 
a difference really both to, um, initially to their lives but when they're given an opportunity you get i think an exponential um return on investment from from that and that person coming into your organization one of the things that that also comes out from all of this is there's a the huge amount of publicity about large organizations having big layoffs so in the uk the week that we're recording this boots and john lewis have been in the news for laying people off but but actually in many countries it's it's the smaller sort of medium-sized businesses that actually sort of make up the bulk of the 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 economy and 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 no one really sort of talks about redundancies and closures and and the effects that 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 has on the labor market what are you seeing from from that perspective yeah so uh, so in ireland as in most countries uh, small and medium-sized employers make up about 60 to 65 percent of of, of the labor market in, in terms of headcount and and um we, we these types of organizations have been have been decimated really um they tend not to have big cash pools or big balance sheets in order for them to ride out this type of um this type of uh, economy and and uh, catastrophic uh, drop in 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 business. Um, so what we've seen is, and I suppose we we've, we've got this sort of false economy. I would call it going on at the moment in the UK. You call it furlough. So um, you have many people still, I suppose, technically employed by their uh, employers. Um, the UK is different to Ireland in that I suppose the workers don't work in the UK when they're furloughed, basically. But in Ireland, actually, they are still working and attached to the employer. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out, which which system works better. It seems to be working really well in Ireland so far um, in that we, we have, I suppose, 600,000 people still attached to their businesses and, um, and still working away. So as I say, it's a bit of an experiment. It also brings in the whole sort of um, UBI, universal basic income type of argument. We almost have a... a uh, an experiment really uh, at play at the moment. Um, and I suppose the challenges around that um, from a, I suppose, societal perspective is, and, and, and the naysayers on UBI would say, well, you know, it, it, it's a disincentive to work. Um, so when we start to come out of this, it'll be interesting, um, I think, to see how that plays out. But on your question on small and medium-sized business, I think there's there's absolutely no doubt that they have been massively affected. Um, we, we've seen large multinationals in Ireland. We, we have, um, I think, more or less 48 of the top 50 companies in the world who are, who are headquartered in Ireland. And the bulk of them are, are doing fairly okay. Like some of them are, have actually grown dramatically during the um, during the the the, uh, the crisis, and I think it leads to a, a sort of a societal question, really, around you know the whole social contract and and you know as a society is made up of workers, employers, you know, and and government and 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 stakeholders, and um, you know this whole area of um, I suppose what what's been created in the last ten years of of the gig economy really comes into question. Um, you know where workers really don't have a social welfare parachutes to protect them um during during periods like this there most people have been protected at the moment but as we as we come out of this typically what happens a lot of people get left behind and and i suppose they're the people that will need to be supported um the gig economy effectively 
doesn't provide, I suppose, the the tax uh, numbers to to states around the world and in any country to provide the social welfare benefits that that people require. Now, obviously, that's a, a regional thing, and different countries work and work, I suppose, operate in different ways. Like in the US is obviously different to Ireland and 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 the UK, but I think. Um, it's going to become a really big question uh, for 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 us as a society and how we how we protect workers, you know, um, going forward. Final question: Obviously, governments all over the world are now addressing the issue of how they get people back to work, how they get jobs growing in their economies again. What would your advice be to policymakers in terms of what they have to put into place to get people? And their skills ready to get back to work in the in the new economy that we find ourselves in. Um, that's a, a big question, Matt. But um, I suppose the 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 first thing, obviously, is to I think continue the supporting uh, first of all organisations to allow them to keep people in jobs as long as possible. Um, we we which I think is a good thing. We seem to have moved from the austerity to more of an investment type strategy in supporting businesses and 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 workers. So I think that's the first bit. I think secondly, um, we we certainly have challenges around uh, youth unemployment um, and you know areas like I suppose single parents and and. Uh, you know the drugs and alcohol so this whole area is, is sort of embedded and has a lot of different inputs and drivers in in terms of what of what affects it um the education system i think needs to change um dramatically uh, as we move to much more gig economy um style work and you know consultants and contractors you know we don't really teach our kids as they as they come through school and college how to operate in 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 that type of um in in that type of of market so I think we need to look at education um, we need to look at the individual and I suppose give the individual supports um, governments tend to like dealing with things in cohorts right so it's like we'll, we'll put a lot of money into um, into a particular cohort and that will support that um, but I, I think we've got to continue to look at the individual um, provide I suppose the funding um, to support employers to hire these people um, and and the Irish government did a lot of this they i suppose organizations were were um you know incentivized to look a bit differently at the people that were coming in the door and uh you know if they were unemployed they were incentivized to hire them and uh, we did that we had a we had uh, a successful internship scheme in Ireland in in 2013 14 15 um there's talk about i suppose companies being allowed to you know use the like a an extended furlough scheme to to hire people and i, I think that would be a, a really good thing. Um, also, they've got to look forward. I, I don't think governments really are looking forward at things like, you know, um, artificial intelligence, robotics, machine learning, and how that is impacting jobs. Um, I think there's a, a really good uh, professor at MIT called David Alter, who's the really, I would look up to at, 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 at for guidance on this and you know uh, AI is really in terms of job displacement is evolutionary rather than revolutionary right so we see jobs been displaced um, 
right across the world and right across sectors like call centers, chatbots are replacing jobs. And it does, like right through our economy and, and, and our history and, you know, over the last 100 years, jobs have been displaced and replaced by automation and technology, not, necess- not necessarily overnight, but these things are definitely, um, definitely happening. So two things need to happen, I think, from that perspective is one, looking at the retraining and skills of people and the education of people to, I suppose, I suppose uh, develop as, as workers and as citizens and as individuals. And, um, and then, uh, you know, on, on the other side is looking at how we, how we support those, um, how we support those people um, to, um, to continue to grow in, in the economies around the world. Colin, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. Great to talk to you. My thanks to Colin Donnery. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.